Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today we're speaking with certified crop advisor and technical agronomist with Asgro DeKalb, Lance Tarchioni. Today we're going to focus on what the growing season and harvest was like this year. So Lance, let's just start off by going all the way back to planting season and kind of cover the conditions you were seeing then and how you felt about the season then. Well, it was a, it was an interesting spring uh, for us. We we had a pretty early start to the planting season. It was uh, um, relatively dry early, but very cool. Uh, so producers that were you know willing to plant into some pretty good soil conditions from a moisture standpoint, but but cooler than you'd like from a temperature standpoint, were able to uh, get get a lot of planting done early. Uh, a lot of producers were done with corn before the end of April and uh, the people that were you know willing to start that early you know started planting started planting soybeans the last week of April and um, some producers were actually done with soybeans by the first second third of May and um, those who didn't take advantage of that early planting window as it started to get wet going through the season uh, just kept getting progressively wetter uh, April was dry uh, May started to get uh, a little more typical, and by the time we got to June, we were in the uh, the record wet part of our growing season. But um, it got increasingly difficult to get the crop in, and in uh, you know a few pockets in the state, and and even worse in other states, there were some soybean acres actually were never able to be planted because by the time it was, uh, if you missed that early window or you didn't have an early window in your area, uh, by the time you could plant, it was. Uh, uh, getting pretty late into into July, and it just uh, didn't seem like that was probably a worthwhile effort. And extremes seemed to be the theme of this growing season. While the crop was developing, how were you guys feeling about it in your area in western and central Illinois? Well, it was, um, yeah, I don't know that anybody was really very optimistic about the prospects uh, for the soybean crop growing through the, the early and mid part of the growing season. Um, we had, you know, challenges with planting in some areas. We had a lot of uh, cool soils and slow growth, and we had some herbicide injury issues, and we had some stand establishment issues, and we had a lot of issues with uh, heavy residue, and, and then it got extremely wet. And just due to a, a whole host of factors, the, the cool start and then getting excessively wet, uh, soybeans really not being able to get their, their roots very well established before it got too wet. It was just hard to find a field of beans that, that had the look to it that uh, people like to see um, through really most of the growing season. So by the time uh, July and August rolled around, I, I don't think too many producers were actually very optimistic for their bean yields. There was probably a little more optimism uh, around the corn crop going through most of the growing season than there than there was for soybeans and uh, then as you stated it was it was an extreme year uh, about the about the middle to second or third week of july was the last you know i'll say big rain event we had in a lot of areas you know for the rest of the growing season so uh, we really went from record wet in june and july to uh very dry in uh, in August and September, and so you you combine that with the growing season, you know, getting off to a rough start and soybeans looking kind of tough, and 
you know, if there's if there's two rules of thumb that a lot of people believe when it comes to soybeans is one of them would be they don't like wet feet, so they don't like to be growing in, in saturated soils. And, and they certainly look like that in June and July because they did not look good in saturated soils. And then uh, a dry August and September is supposed to be bad for beans as well. So uh, we did both of those things to our soybeans this year. So I, I would say expectations were actually pretty low, um, you know, by the time we got to harvest. And um, and it ended up being a very pleasant surprise for a lot of producers with, um, you know, far better beans than they uh, thought they would have. I would say so. I would say harvest probably turned any pessimism anyone had quite the other way around. So why don't you go through and tell us what the yields were looking like in your area as they were coming in? I would say, you know, there was still a tremendous amount of variability. Uh, there were still fields that were so severely damaged by water that, you know, they're, you know, they really couldn't do very well because there were a lot of acres that, uh, you know, really didn't produce anything. But, uh, you know, I would say in general, most producers' soybean yields were probably 20 bushel better than they expected, uh, rather than a, a low end of, say, 30 and an upper end of 60, which I think is what a lot of people were maybe anticipating. It was more like a low end of 50 and a high end of 80. And uh, there were documented fields uh, that averaged over 80, a lot of fields in the 60s and low 70s, a lot of, you know, honest farm averages. Um, you know, in the upper 60s and, and even over 70, had yield checks and in yield contest fields of over 100. So, um, you know, it was a, a pretty remarkable bean year. You know, one of the most frequent questions I get asked is, you know, why were the beans so good this year? And um, I, I honestly don't have, you know, all the answers to that. One, one thing that uh, was not a, a big issue this year that we were prepared to be a problem was sudden death syndrome. With the with the cool start to the season and the, and the wetness through the middle part of the growing season, we started to see sudden death uh, very early, you know, earlier than normal. And typically, the earlier it shows up, the worse it gets and the more damage it does. And so, we were braced for a, a bad sudden death year. And then when when the rain shut off, um, you know, about the middle of July, and we had such a dry uh, late July, August, early September. You know, that really stopped the development of that disease in its tracks, and soybeans stayed uh, extremely healthy for the rest of the season. Uh, we had a lot of producers that, that had a hard time cutting soybeans because they were so green and so healthy. They were tough to cut, and, and um, you know, getting them to mature uh, to the point where you could get them through the combine was a challenge for some producers. That was probably one of the more common uh, complaints we had during harvest, but uh, typically really good yields will make you feel better about uh, tough cutting beans. That's very true. Now, aside from the weather throughout the growing season or throughout harvest, did you see any main problems? You already covered that happily sudden death syndrome was not really a problem this year, but what else would you say could have negatively impacted these beans this year? I think probably the, the biggest widespread um, challenge we had with soybeans this year was probably weed control due to the fact that we, we just really could not get in the field in a timely uh, fashion uh, to make post-emergent herbicide applications, uh, fields that didn't have a good residual herbicide at planting time, or no-till fields that didn't have a good burn down. 
some of those really got out of out of control uh, when we weren't able to get in and make timely post-emergence uh, applications. So I'd say on a you know on a widespread basis, I'd say weed control was probably the biggest challenge. Uh, there were some some fears around um, around white mold uh, in a few areas, but a little bit like sudden death, the the, the weather uh, didn't really turn out to be ideal for that development of that disease. So. Um, you know, you could find it here and there, but it didn't turn out to be a, a major yield impactor. Um, and in a lot of cases, the weed control issues weren't enough to impact yield significantly either. It was more of a more of a cosmetic or visual uh, issue, and, and certainly has people talking a lot about uh, weed control going into next year. And you know, what if anything do they need to do different? Um, I don't think in a lot of cases there's probably. Uh, huge changes that people need to make in in their weed control program. Um, it was just that the the weather didn't cooperate, and and we couldn't do what we had planned to do this year, had we been able to get in the field when we wanted to and make applications timely. Uh, I think we would have seen you know far better weed control this year uh, with the you know, with the abundance of moisture we had. I don't know that those weeds competed with the crop as much as maybe they would have if it would have been drier. Uh, but there were certainly some fields that uh, that did not live up to our uh, growers' uh, high expectations for cleanliness. And as we start looking at 2016, what would you say are your top recommendations for farmers who are looking to get ahead? I think, um, you know, based on the work that we've done and, and producers that I work with, um, you know, we continue to see advantages to early planting soybeans. So whenever I'm talking with producers, um, you know, I encourage them to be, you know, prepared to plant beans early if we get a good early window. Uh, maybe be, you know, prepared to plant corn and beans at the same time if that works for your operation. Uh, if you get done planting your corn early, uh, there's certainly no, no reason to uh, set and wait for May to get here or May 5th to get here or whatever day you used to think it was, you know, okay to start planting soybeans. Um, you know, one of the one of the more consistent uh, benefits we see, you know, as far as practices and things that you can do to increase soybean yields is is timely planting. So uh, I continue to you know recommend that. You know, corn corn takes priority when it comes to early planting. I don't necessarily recommend that we plant our bean crop before our corn crop, but um, I I think the perception that you know only corn uh, suffers from late planting uh, is is incorrect. Uh, soybeans might suffer a little more slowly than corn does, or a little less dramatically than corn does, but uh, we we certainly lose potential yield potential with our soybeans as well as as planting is delayed. And I think the other uh, the other issue that we routinely lose a little bit of yield potential on in soybeans is we just allow too much wheat competition with our soybeans. We you know we had a lot of issues this year because we couldn't make those timely herbicide applications. But you know even when we can get in the field when we want to, you know sometimes we're letting those weeds get up to be six or eight or ten or twelve or sixteen inches tall before we're trying to control them. And and there's a lot of university data. Um, that shows that you know once weeds are are beyond four inches in height, uh, they're starting to reduce the yield potential of that crop. So um, you know using residuals uh, early in the season and reducing the uh, the weed pressure, and then getting those post-emergence applications made more timely, I think is another thing we could do to 
increase uh, you know increase the potential of our soybeans. So so I would say planting you know timeliness of planting and and having a uh, a really strong weed control program in place going into next year are a couple of the things that uh, that I talk with a lot of producers about. All right, very good. Well, Lance, is there anything else that you would like to touch on today before we go here? I think the other thing I'll, I'll call out too, um, you know, producers tend to have a maturity of soybeans that they like to plant. You know, if they like full season soybeans in my area, full season bean would be, you know, kind of a, a late group three maturity. Uh, you know, I know a lot of producers that, you know, they might plant everything they plant might range between a three six and a, a three nine. So we're we're not planting as as wide a range of maturities as as we probably should be in some cases, and um, that makes it harder to be timely with our harvesting as well. And uh, we cut a lot of soybeans this year. Um, part of this, a lot of this was just due to the fall weather pattern that we were in. But you know, a lot of soybeans got cut under 10% grain moisture this year, and uh, we lose a lot of yield when that happens too. So. Getting uh, getting a little bit wider range of maturity spread. There's there's some really good late group two soybeans that we can use in our area. There's some really good early group fours that we can use in our area. So getting producers to consider uh, a wider range of, of soybean maturities, I think that gives them better genetic diversity, gives them uh, better spread against weather. Um, you know, helps you avoid weather risks with different uh, weather patterns and such, and, and then help you spread your harvest out as well. So uh, hopefully we can be more timely with uh, with our soybean harvest. Definitely no shortage of things to think about as we're looking at 2016. That's, that is definitely the case. All right, Lance, well, thank you very much for your time. Once again, anything else you want to add before we go? Nope. I thank you for your time and uh, I enjoyed uh, being able to visit with you. Again, that was Certified Crop Advisor and Technical Agronomist with Asgro DeKalb, Lance Tarchioni. This podcast was brought to you by the Illinois Soybean Checkoff. For more useful information about growing soybeans, visit illsoyadvisor.com. That's illsoyadvisor.com.